0: The edict of knowledge, let no being remain darkened by ignorance where there is the light of truth. The edict of love, let no being be expelled from our embrace, but rather shower them in the waters of acceptance. The edict of peace, to ensure the preservation of our ways, let our sovereignty be kept secret from the world. So stands our pillars. Forged from the sins of our ancestors. So stands the compass with which our journey finds light. So stands New Alzar. The Triumvirate Ardant. Beginning the constitution of New Alzar. From Elder Blade Productions, this is Echoes of Exeser. Episode 4, Breaking the Ice. flash of bright light traced the outline of the doorframe. Clockwork gears groaned, pulling the door open. Shine stones pulsed overhead, filling the opulent quarters of Essa Delvacus with soft light. A four-poster bed lay atop a raised, circular flat in the far corner of the room, draped in fine crimson silks and framed by waterfalls cascading down the marbled stone walls. An expensive merlot, older than the Wula dynasty, chilled in an ice bucket nearby. Smooth, airy woodwinds played from some unseen device. The city of New Alzar bathed in starlight through a circular, curtained window across from the bed. The entire room was a shrine to elegance and sophistication. A sentiment utterly destroyed by its master setting foot inside. Senator Essa Dalvakis stumbled through the clockwork door. The human stank of liquor and sickly-sweet perfume. Portly and three decades my senior, his hands clutched the waists of two young, drailish women in glittery, scant clothing. The senator wore a three-piece suit, his shirt untucked and halfway unbuttoned. Wiping the sweat off his receding brow, he let out a hissing laugh as he guided the ladies inside. The door shut behind them of its own volition. <laughs> "'Now, now,' cackled Essa, "'We're being quite naughty, darlings.' "'Truly, Es,' cooed one of the Draylish women, with coiffed red hair and a single horn in the center of her forehead. The other, a shorter woman with dyed blue hair and jewels embedded in her horns, "'tugged at Essa's shirt sleeve. "'By the five, I hope we don't need to be reprimanded.' "'Essa swung his partners around and released them towards the bed. "'Both of them stepped up onto the raised flat "'and floated atop the mattress like so much silk. "'Removing his dinner jacket and cravat, "'Essa tossed the garments aside and stepped playfully towards the bed. (laughs) "'Ah, Din's blood, I'd say you do.' luring a hard-working senator away from the office like this, and on the eve of the gala. Oh, those stuffy fools will get you all day tomorrow, the single-horned draylish balked. You can't blame us for stealing you away. Those stuffy fools are about to make the most powerful alliance in Exeser, Asa said with a wagging finger. He strode towards the chilled wine and began to uncork it new era is upon us, darlings, and we are on the razor's edge. I think that calls for a celebration, don't you?" I'll drink to that, I said, emerging from behind the window curtain. Essa started, nearly dropping the wine bottle. He opened his mouth to scream, only to stammer wordlessly when he saw my phantom crossbow trained on his heart. The two women jumped to their feet, falling deathly silent. Our tableau clashed so coldly with the romantic atmosphere that it almost felt like some bizarre dream. How did you get in here? Essa asked. I walked in. My security system is primal Zarian. It reads handprints. Only myself and my guards can. I tilted my head towards the bed. Haltingly, Essa bent down and lifted the bed skirt. His guard's hand flopped into view, with one of Quinn's darts sticking out of the forearm. Essa recoiled, nearly falling off the flat. I had a little help, I admitted. Essa met my eyes again, stone-faced. What do you want? You're not going to ask me who I am first. You're all the same, spat Essa. Rats from the lowlands who want to gnaw on the scraps of your betters." Go on, then. Take whatever you want. All the tech in here is registered with New Alzar's customs. See if you live long enough to fence them in sunscape. I held his gaze a moment, then smiled. You'll do fine. I beg you. Essa Dalvakis, Sergeant in the Rothian Army during the Urso Rebellions, court-martialed for inhumane treatment of prisoners of war. After the war, you ran with the underground Urso slave trade, and oversaw several projects using Urso to raid dangerous Alzarian ruins for lost tech. Scores of Urso died, and you earned yourself enough shiny baubles to barter entrance to New Alzar. From there you bought, cheated, and threatened your way up the political ladder, becoming a senator for the world's most powerful city-state. Just in time for New Alzar's summit with Azen-Ra. Essa listened to my list of his sins without expression. His eyes, though, betrayed a quiet fury. Staring me down like I was a gnat, he longed to splatter between his hands. I knew I'd gotten some of the details wrong. The senator took great pains to hide his tracks. I knew just enough, though, between my networking in the city and the mist's intelligence, to give the man pause. Bravo. Whispered finally, fidgeting with his hands. You've done your research. So, what do you scorching want? To expose me? Quite the contrary. I want to borrow you. You'll find that quite difficult, Essa hissed. Suddenly, the Senator extended a closed fist. It was then I noticed a glowing ring on his finger. A wave of shrill noise erupted. Before I could react, An unseen force slammed against my chest, knocking the wind out of me. I was hurled backwards, crashing against the window and cracking it on impact. The sound filled my ears with stabbing pain. I released a phantom crossbow to cover my ears. The noise left as quickly as it came. Immediately, I tried to aim my crossbow again, but by then, Essa had trained a small pistol on me. I raised my hands, standing up slowly. Essa raised his ring finger, brandishing the golden band he was wearing. Another gift from our ancestors, he said smugly. You seem to have a few quaint toys, I'll give you that. But this is new Alzar, and I'm afraid you've brought a knife to a gunfight. Don't, I panted. Don't. Underestimate knives the blades pressed against Essa's throat before I'd finished speaking. The draylish women gently guided Essa's pistol out of his hand while a couple thin scarlet trickles ran down from both of their points, piercing his skin. They removed the ring from his hand as well, then kicked his knees out and pushed him toward the ground. I summoned my phantom crossbow again, stepping closer to Essa and taking aim. Jara, Delane, you have my thanks, I said. Can't pay rent with thanks, said Jara, the red haired Draylish with the single horn. Half at the start, half when it's done, right? asked Delane, with the blue hair and jewelled horns. That's right, I agreed. Job's not done yet, though. Tear off those bed sheets and tie him to something. They did so, and I pocketed Essa's pistol and ring for myself. It was a revolver, judging by the design and recalling what I'd read on Alzerian weaponry. Certainly flashier than any flintlock, but after six shots it would be useless. The ring, meanwhile, seemed to activate when the wearer gave it a twist. I'd hardly paid it any mind when Essa was fidgeting, I chided myself. I have to be more on guard here. Nothing is as it seems. Whatever you're planning, you've already failed, Essa muttered, as Jara and Delaine tied him to the bedpost. I am an institution in this city. The moment you show your face outside these walls, you're a marked man. Wouldn't be the first time, I remarked. Still, you shouldn't worry about me. You'll be in this room a while. If I were you, I'd use this time to reflect. From my pocket, I retrieved the false face. It's time to take a long, hard look at yourself. Jin a vast mountain range bordering the eastern face of Ildeheim. Said to have been formed in the aftermath of the Sundering, it was as wild and unforgiving as the fallen kingdom it called home. It was a place of constant blizzard, hail the size of boulders, and creatures feral and cunning. Jormans, the mighty ice snakes, tunneled across snowbanks looking for wary prey. Gentleman spiders took the form of humanoids, luring lost travelers into their caves. Invisible revenants stalked the wind, entering beasts' lungs through their breath so they could be devoured from the inside. It was here that Nualzar called home, atop a mesa on one of the highest peaks, Fandiljin, the the Windspear. Because of this, few people in Exesar who do not live there have ever seen it. Moreover, those that do live there rarely brave the journey down the mountain, and are bound by law to never speak of it on punishment of death. The new Alzarians were well aware of the impact their discoveries would have on the world, and they took great pains to protect it. They made themselves into myths, hiding on a blighted, snow-blind peak like some fairy-tale spirit. Fortunately, spirits were my specialty. In the hours preceding the gala, I had taken the time to get used to the way my adopted body moved. internally. I felt like myself. Same gait, same sense of balance and proprioception. But my outside dimensions were different as I quickly learned. I clipped door frames with my shoulders, rolled my ankles down stairways. It was like learning to walk again. Step by step, I slowly built an understanding of this new form, negotiating space with the world around me. As I practiced, I tried to ignore the pained wails from the bedroom. Right now, Essa Delvakis was staring at a fleshy husk of his former self. Jara and Delane had him gagged, ensuring he faced the mirror. I could not pay them enough for that burden. They were courtesans from New Alzar's red light district. They hated the senator almost more than I did, for his regressive views on their profession. Still. I asked too much of them. They were not agents of the Ebon Mist. This was not their fight. And as for the Senator, he deserves it, I told myself. He's a monster. Besides, there was no other way. It was hard enough to infiltrate the Senator's house with all of his advanced machines. The gala would be much worse. I had my stealth and a few of Quinn's gadgets, yes. But would that be enough? It was too great a risk, with far too much at stake. This is what I told myself, over and over, stalking the senator's home in his body while his muffled cries haunted me through the night. My growing guilt consumed me. I am the monster now. Finally, daylight came to free me. I put on Delvacus' best formal wear a blue velvet tailcoat, silken dress shirt and bow tie, and an embroidered top hat. Attempting to forget the senator's plight, I stepped outside his townhouse onto the street. As always, I was immediately overwhelmed by the sights and sounds of the city. The first thing I noticed was the chittering groan of a motorized, three wheeled chariot varying passengers down the street. The carriage was made of metal and hummed with energy. I also noticed that people of all races mingled together. Similar to Sunscape, I supposed, but there was something different here. In Sunscape, everyone had a begrudging tolerance for each other, out of necessity of dealing in the shadows. Here, the people were happy, I saw a Kikte mother walking with a human child. I saw an Urso man and a Draylish man holding hands. I saw groups of every combination laughing, talking, trading, playing. It was so alien a sight compared to how things were in the rest of the world. My gaze shifted to the city itself. How the buildings sported jagged edges, curved walls and bubble windows. Every one looked sleek and polished, as if they'd each been hand sculpted to perfection. Though it sat atop a mountain, there was no frost or cold wind. The city was dotted with large focus gems, made to draw in extra sunlight to warm the city. The streets were wide and inviting, and every corner pulsed with energy. Street performers played music on instruments made of light. Humanoid metal constructs stomped around, offering directions or advice to passers-by. Floating above us were the city watch, wearing boots powered by focus gems that allowed them to hover above the crowd. They held devices that looked like rifles, but the barrels crackled in a sheath of lightning. As I watched, my mind flooded with questions. How was all of this possible? Where did these people come from? Had they truly found solutions to the problems that plagued the rest of this world? And if so, how could they not share it with the rest of us? Perhaps that is the intention of this summit, I reasoned, though something tells me Emperor Teshalan has different plans. I hired a chariot to bring me to the gala. Between that and the courtesans, I had all but burned through the per diem old granted me. Alzerian draclas were hard to come by for outsiders, even frights. Fortunately, I did not plan on being in the city for long after this. I made mental note of the city as the chariot blazed down the streets. We passed a large glass dome, a greenhouse where fresh herbs and fruits from all across the world were being meticulously kept. We passed a healer's clinic, a circular building with an open roof, where various wounds and ills were cured with a wave of some flashing Alzerian wand. We passed a stadium, where spectators cheered players soaring through the air carrying metal balls, dodging lasers and arcs of fire. I kept a mental map of our route through the city, tracing it back to the mist door in the eastern ward. It was embedded in the wall of a dead-end alley, with a placard over the side commemorating it as a historical landmark. Judging by the description, it seemed whoever wrote it had no idea what its true purpose was. Perhaps they supposed it was merely a pre-sundering sculpture. Not entirely wrong, I supposed. It had been difficult to find my bearings, being dropped directly into the heart of the city. Still, after trudging through swamps and digging through sand dunes to get to other mist doors, I was grateful to actually have one in the city for a change, especially given that the alternative was Jindrakal. The chariot weaved through a windy bridge passing over a wide river. Exotic, rainbow-colored fish with fins like fairy wings leaped from the rapids clear over my head, fluttering in the sun before plopping back into the water. The chariot rounded a final bend, and the road opened up to a vast, clear expanse of bare flagstone. Three tall pylons stood in triangle formation, each housing an emerald focus gem the size of a boulder. The pylons were cloaked by a great shadow. I looked up and gasped. Above me floated a massive rotunda, elevated from the ground by the three pylons. The rotunda looked like a frozen teardrop. Its outer walls were crystal, shimmering like icicles in the sunlight. Slender, angular windows of tinted glass scored the walls like a tiger's stripes. The teardrop spun gently in the sky, seemingly removed from the cares of even this privileged city. The chariot dropped me off at the nearest pylon, where several guards awaited me. They wore white, clockwork armor that groaned and chirped as they walked. Their faces were hid under plate-helms, the eyes of which glowed red. Behind them flowed ice-blue capes, and at their sides were the same electric rifles as the city watch. They beckoned me, and I stepped down off the chariot and approached. As the chariot sped off on its own, the guards produced a small, black pad, Similar to the one on the Senator's townhouse. The handprint reader I recognized. Time to see how accurate the false face is. I placed my hand, or rather Delvacus's, onto the pad. A beam of light scanned it from fingertip to wrist. After an agonizing moment of silence, there was a ping sound. The guard stepped aside. "'Welcome, Senator Dovakis,' they said. Grateful as I was that they weren't cooking me with their lightning guns, I was confused as to what they wanted me to do next. There did not seem to be any sort of escalator or transport up to the teardrop. Did they expect me to have brought my own flying boots? I smiled at the guards and noticed they were gesturing towards the pylon. The focus gem inside spun around like a miniature star, radiating a field of energy that raised the hair on my arms. Unsure of what else to do, I approached the focus gem. As I did, I saw thin tendrils of light suddenly attach themselves from the gem to my body. They didn't hurt, but each one produced a surprising shock. With each step, A dozen more shot forth, until soon my entire body was covered in the tendrils. I closed my eyes, and light poured in through my eyelids. My body pulsed with electricity. It built to a crescendo of sensation, and then I heard a loud bang. I let out a gasp, and then the sensation was gone. I opened my eyes and found myself inside a grand ballroom. Vibrant, elegant music played from a live band on a stage across the room. The dance floor was made up of three levels of spinning ice, each trimmed by a ring of cool mist. People danced on each level, wearing gowns and suits that looked more like works of art than actual clothing. I looked to the window behind me, shocked to see that I was, indeed, inside the teardrop now hundreds of feet in the air. I saw the city of New Alzar in all its glory, glittering like a king's crown below me. I was speechless. I knew Alzarian technology was impressive, but to leap from one location to the next without a mist door? This rivaled even Isolde's power. "'S!' came a voice. I turned and saw an older man in a silver suit approaching me, two drinks in hand. He was balding from the top and sporting a pepper-gray goatee, seemingly to hide his sunken chin. He passed the drink to me, a martini with an orange twist. He smiled at me, and I got the impression this was one of Delvakis' friends. I, however, had no idea who the man was. S, my good man! I was wondering when you would show up. Good to see your little friends left you in one piece after last night. I chose to hide behind a laugh. (sighs) Good to see you, I chortled. Thanks for the drink. I'll need it after the ride up here. The old man rolled his eyes. Oh, it's getting dreadful, isn't it? Used to be a man could take a leisurely stroll through the city. Too crowded now, though too many strays getting in. He clasped me on the back and guided me further into the ballroom. Ah, but time enough for that later. Can you believe this decor, S? Minister Glavio spared no expense for the emperor. We cut across the dance floor. The chill of the ice was refreshing. I watched politicians and their wives, or perhaps escorts, spinning and twirling gaily. Several glass platforms lined the sides of the walls where others drank and socialized. Guests warped from one to the next by simply touching a small focus gem on a pedestal. Flitting across the room like a dragonfly was a chain of light bulbs linked by propellers. Flanking the room were buffet tables overflowing with delicious-smelling food. Clockwork drones were built into each table filling guests' plates at their request with long, brass arms. It's… certainly something, I offered. I was steadily growing self-conscious. I had researched Davakis's past, but knew little of his personal life beyond my brief interaction with him. Was he one to care about fancy galas? How did he speak? Would this drink be to his liking, or would he normally drink something else? Certainly something, the older man laughed. By the five, those two birds must have been incredible if it's got you numb to all this. I chose to take the excuse given to me. If I had my way, I'd have never left my bed, my friend. Still, duty calls, yes? The older man shot me a strange look. Duty calls? Careful, S. You're starting to sound like an actual politician. My gut wrenched at my mistake. I opened my mouth to reply, but a sight from behind me caught the older man's gaze. He pushed me aside, reaching over a waiter's plate of hors d'oeuvres. He popped a bacon-wrapped cheese cube into his mouth. Good day to you, Senator Farnath, said the waiter. The young human looked at me and nodded. Senator Dovakis. Well, at least I can put a name to the face. I nodded back taking one of the cheese cubes. Good day. Oh, I nearly forgot, said Farnath, putting his arm around me again. I have to introduce you to someone. An ambassador from Solast has wonderful ideas about curtailing the surge of immigrants into the city. Sounds wonderful, I said, fighting the urge to grimace at my own words. Anything Dalvakis or his friends thought of as wonderful was bound to have something sinister attached to it. Agreeing with this man made me feel like I was eating dirt. Pushing the feeling aside, I tried to focus on my mission. Tell me, has Emperor Tashalan arrived yet? He's on his way, said Fernath. Bit of a delay getting up the mountain, I hear. I'm sure he and his entourage will make a grand entrance. We'll meet him in good time. I should hope so. I'm quite interested to see these sky-touchers of his. I hear there. oh, there she is, Kalsana. I looked in the direction Farnath pointed, and my heart stopped. She was more cleaned up than she'd been in my memory. Her long, scarlet hair was in a meticulous princess braid, draped over her right shoulder she wore a mermaid gown of forest green, deep and lively as the crown would. Makeup concealed the burn scar on her neck and accented her deep red eyes. She'd long since washed the blood from her bull-like horns. She approached us with a wide smile, her tall body seeming to float across the floor like a specter. I fought to suppress my heavy breathing, the tremors ravaging my hands. I was a boy again, battered and scared in the dungeons of Sullust. Screams filled my head, mine, my father's, Nick's, and his family's. A chorus of tortured souls clamoring for relief inside my head, threatening to abduct me into madness. No disguise, magic or otherwise could protect me from her crimson gaze that I knew could see directly into my soul. The Inquisitor clasped a clawed hand around mine. What an honor it is to meet you, Senator Delvacus. I've been dying to make your acquaintance. <sighs> Echoes of ex Caesar is written, produced, and performed by Nick Walker. Sound effects courtesy of GarageBand, Sword Coast Soundscapes on YouTube, Universal Sound Bank, and Oymel Donato on freesound.org. Link in the description. For questions or comments, email us at EchoesavexCaesar at gmail.com.